and welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast where we dig into the paranormal and try to find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. I'm Chad. And I'm Eli. And this week, we are going to go to hauntings. And in specifically different types of hauntings. Booyah. Because... What the fudge? <laughs> I don't know. Amy, I think you said meant to say what the fuck. Continue. I, <laughs> I said fudge. So there are multiple types of hauntings. We're going to cover six or eight different hauntings. Um, Chad's, well, seven or eight, six or eight. <laughs> Some number of hauntings, <laughs> yes. Wait, I've got one. Chad's got seven. Dave's got two. But two Dave's and Chad's are the same. So, yeah, we got some different hauntings to talk about. Um. Because not all ghosts are the same. True. Just like people. <coughs> big one, short one, some <laughs> as big as your head. The first one that we're going to dig into is intelligent hauntings. So instead of going to Dave first, I'm going to go to Chad first. For the intelligent hauntings, we're going to go to the least intelligent of the four. Yes. Awesome. With intelligent hauntings, you are dealing with an intelligent presence that can communicate or interact with you in somewhat of an intelligent way. An intelligent ghost is best described as a a responsive, usual human entity with whom you have interactive, intelligent communication with. This type of entity is seemingly the personality of the person who once lived and who is either trapped in our world or in in, in between worlds or has already moved to another realm and has can freely travel back and forth. Intelligent ghosts are not evil or dangerous. They just have the same personality of the person that they were. So if they were a good person with, you know, happy thoughts and, you know, just a good person overall, you would have a good haunting, like a friendly haunting with them. Maybe opening doors for you, um, you know, just smart communication, but nothing threatening. Um, but if they were an angry person in in life, when they died, their ghost will still have a kind of an angry sense to them. Be throwing things, playing tricks on you, that kind of thing. Makes so, sense. Like when you watch those haunting shows, the intelligence hauntings are going to be the ones that are interacting with them. So when they say, hey, knock, if yeah, like once for yes, twice for no. Yeah, they'll be the, they'll ones, be the that ones that respond. respond with you. They'll be the ones who, you know, will move items for you. Um, Interact with your K2s yeah. and your EMF detectors. Um, you've seen the flashlight thing. I, I don't know about the flashlight thing. I'm on the fence with the flashlight thing. No. But they're going to be, the, if, if there's a ghost that, uh, or interacting with the flashlight, turning it on and off, it's going to be an intelligent ghost. Now, I guess, like, or like you were saying, yeah, with a lot of the ghosts you'll see in like ghost hunters and stuff like that. A lot of them do seem to be intelligent ghosts, where they're moving items back and forth. Um, they're answering your questions. Um, Our Indian ghost was a it was a friendly, a friendly, uh, intelligent, intelligent haunting. haunting yeah. Yes, it, uh, he well, he was friendly to everyone but our father. That's yeah, because he didn't believe. Um, and it seems to be that intelligent ghosts are the reason they're making communic or they're communicating with you is they're trying to get a connection with you. Either most people believe that intelligent ghosts have unfinished business or have something they need to do or express is why they're not moving on to the other realm or other world. 
And so they're here. They're trying to get your attention so they can try to tell you or teach you or show you whatever it is they have to do. And then you have those evil spirits that literally just are there to play games with you. As we call them, the astral hobos. Those astral hobos. Damn them hobos. Yeah. So you've got your... Like when you ha- when you hear the stories of the kids that have the imaginary friends, and then you find out that it's actually a spirit or whatnot. Those are going to be intelligent hauntings as well. Yeah. Um, well, most of the time, there are some other hauntings that they could classify as too. Like the ghost here at the Skirvin Hotel that seems to play with or molest male male things. That would be considered an intelligent haunting. Yeah. Or like the um, the women who married their spirit lovers in our paranormal love episode. Those are going to be intelligent type hauntings. Intelligence. And basically, the spirits act on their own free will to interact with you. Yeah. And for intelligent hauntings, pretty much the main major key in telling if it's an intelligent haunting is whether or not it can communicate with you by moving things or just interacting with you, period. If it doesn't interact with you, if you see a ghost and it's just doing the same things, that's not an intelligent haunting. That's a different one we will talk about. Um, but that's the major key in trying to figure out what kind of haunting you have if it's intelligent. Is if you're able to ask it to do things or it's doing things for you. Like we talk about our Indian ghost who would open and close dryers and stuff like that, washing machines and stuff. Open their turn on the sink when you go to go wash your hands or wash yeah, dishes. Stuff like that. like that. That would be a way to tell it's an intelligent haunting. Or pushing the lawnmower up the hill. Yeah. Yeah. When it's if it only mowed the whole, y- whole whole yard, though, I am still waiting for my my ghost maid. Uh, that that is uh, on my list of things that I want in life is a ghost maid. Someone I don't have to pay that just comes and cleans my house for me. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw that in um, the Arthur uh, movie where it was just like you know, cleaning the whole kitchen for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I need that. Yeah, that was magic though. Uh, either way works. <laughs> now. There's something similar to intelligent hauntings that's a little bit more malevolent, a little darker. And that is demonic hauntings. Now, there's kind of two different types of demonic hauntings. So the first one we're going to talk about is demonic possessed human entity. Living humans can experience a negative demonic-like oppression or possession. The demon or negative entity... Covenants the soul, energy, consciousness. This negative force does not possess the physical body, body, but can control it while it is still attached to the human center of consciousness. If a living person is possessed, they can remain under the oppression or possession even when their body dies. Furthermore, a human entity, one without a body any longer, can come under attack from a demon or negative entity, even a possessed human entity, while on the other side, and can become oppressed or possessed, even if they weren't living. These type of entities seem to have greater capabilities and strength to accomplish more than your ordinary intelligent human ghost. They are just as dangerous as a demon due to their possession and twisted mindset. They can easily move objects, hurt people, pets, and uh, and oppress and possess. Now, see, I, I understand the terms for you know, demonic possession. Because there, there's definitely a more aggressive type of haunting, type of intelligent haunting. I personally don't believe in demons, per se. I believe that there are definitely negative energy succubus and 
all that out there that feed on that negative energy. Yeah. And they become more powerful because, first of all, negative energy is very powerful. Negative energy is very easy to harvest and create. And it's very prevalent. Yeah. I mean, you're making people scared of you. That's going to put negative energy out there. You get the people who get really aggressive. You're going to you're gonna find these in more of those places. I feel like you find those in more places where you have a lot of negative energy to begin with. So uh, psychiatric hospitals seem to have a lot of like that yeah. demonic type place. With the demonic possessions kind of thing. The things I could see, like when it says that you know the human still has its con- consciousness and everything, but the demon can still control it. Kind of makes me think of like split personalities. If you have that like very evil personality that comes out, would be like the demon possessing you. But like you still have control of your body, but it takes over every now and again. It kind of fights you for control. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, remember when we talked to PIOT, and Jordan was telling us about the encounter he had where he was partially possessed, and he didn't remember getting to the car. Yeah. But he remember, you know, he was told all the stuff that he did and how he was acting, but he didn't really recall that. Yeah. But he was still conscious. He was still that he just didn't have the control. Yeah. I don't think it necessarily has to be a demon that does that. I think any entity could possibly possess the ability to do it. If if they have enough energy, I think any spirit or haunting haunt a ghost can possess. And a lot of times uh, in those cases, the way that they do it is they weaken you. Yeah. They start cutting off how much sleep you get. They start making you think you're going crazy. And it's usually in like a demonic haunting situation, which I'm sure you're going to get to next. It starts out with, um, you know, little things here and there. Like, Things moving. You're hearing knocking on the wall. Little things, and then it just slowly escalates up from that. And and because it it wants you to accept it, because once it's in, once it's got its hold on you, like you, you like me, I'm accepting of most spirits in my house. Um, or around me. I am too. Like, fine you want to be here be here we i have my one rule don't show yourself be here you can move stuff you can make noises that's all fine i just don't want to see you in three o'clock in the morning when i get up to go pee (laughs) (laughs) so me and eli always joke about because we're roommates that we have a haunt a ghost at our house and tonight we decided we named him josie we're not sure if it's he or she but we believe they feeds off our uh happy feelings and our positive energy and right now, and it's starving. Yeah, right. It's it's starving. <laughs> we're, we're pretty neg- we're pretty negative people in the first place. So we've been making jokes about it all night. It's been pretty fun. <laughs> it's kind of like Dobby or Dobby from or Dobby, Dobby, Dobby from Harry Potter. It, it's kind of like that situation. You know, they want us me to give it. You know, positive thoughts. And I'm just not going to. <laughs> so it just sits there, starving and crying and asking me to feed it. To to add on to what you were talking about, though, Amy. Uh, some of the a couple of the actual because I'm really interested in possessions 
not because I want to be possessed or anything like that. That's not where I'm aiming for. But the act of actual energy possessing, you know, a spirit possessing an actual living body interest. I mean, it, it scares the hell out of me, but it does interest me to an extreme point. And a couple of the ones that I read about that were, I mean, it's kind of like the Vatican type deal where they, they, they record everything. Um, a lot of them started off with intelligent hauntings where they were talking to the person that they were attempting to, to take over and then slowly sleep digressed and then they were possessed and then here comes someone to take it away. Yeah. But, um, that's one thing that I, I, (laughs) that's why when it comes down to ghosts in general and, and waking up at a certain hour, it just kind of creaks me into those certain points of like, it's not a possession because I'm conversing with it. Not that they're talking back to me, but they are making noises. <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those things where it's just like... That's Josie. She's trying to get your positive energy. She's not going to get it out of me at 3.15. I'm sorry. I got to work it anymore. <laughs> Wake up. I'm hungry. Can it please, please feed me. Feed me, please. Sounds like my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> You ever tied up under the bed? What the fuck? Calm down, Bundy. <laughs> I'm glad we don't have a freaking basement. Wake I'd be scared up. to go I'm down horny. there. You said there was something living in your attic. You might want to check. <laughs> might be Eli's girlfriend. The <laughs> <laughs> <a> poor girl. <laughs> your poor wife. I'm scared now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how they. That's how they get you. They wear you down. Yeah, and. When you go back, we let's go back to that paranormal love episode. I mean, that was the reason why she was getting the divorce from her spirit husband was because he was draining her. Mm-hmm. That would be something a demonic haunting would do. Even if they don't want to possess you, they want to drain you. They want to drain your energy. They want to suck the life out of you because it gives them energy. It gives them life. And that's why I feel like they are maybe even trying to feel alive if that makes sense, by sucking your energy. But then again, we get into the succubus and the incubus, incubus, and all that stuff too. And well, I think with some of the, like, if you would think some of the possessions that aren't like, wouldn't, like we said, not, wouldn't say demonic, but like a normal spirit like possession, I think it could be that they're trying to f- still have that feeling of being alive. Like if it's just a normal spirit that's, you know, some, someone who passed, an intelligent haunting that some possessed you. It could be them, their way of just trying to feel alive one last time. Maybe it's like a drug. Yeah, there's times, you, are there's stories of possession that nothing bad happened. They just know they had no control over their body and they were doing things and speaking to people and speaking in different ways than they'd ever spoke before. And it lasts for a few hours or days and then it's done. And so, I mean, not all possessions have to be evil. But yeah, I've seen a few quote-unquote exorcisms on like the haunting shows and i think it was one of our episodes dave talked to a druid friend of his who was talking about how he set in on it uh some ex ex eh, executions exorcisms (laughs) executions spirit executions right um and how he said that the movies don't do it right it's far scarier yeah. In real life. I've never had to perform an exorcism. 
I don't know if I could physically perform an exorcism. I wouldn't want to. Yeah, I have cleansed. I mean, I can get rid of your average everyday negative. Josie is staying, okay? Your negative she needs hobos. A home. Let me give her one. She's going to drain your life. Just don't feed it's her. our astral hobo, okay? You and your astral Josie hobo. I mean, I can get rid of your everyday hobo, but I can't <laughs> quite... Uh, <laughs> Well, that's good because the city of Norman definitely can't. <laughs> oh my All right, God. your everyday spectral hobo. Oh, okay. <laughs> and your the negative the neg- negative energy that we ourselves put out, a cleansing will get rid of that. But I've never delved into the demonic side of it. Um, the d- demonic part of it scares me. Well, th- I don't think it's as common as people think it. I think people automatically assume, oh my gosh, that. I think a lot of people Picture just, just every haunting is yeah. demi- demonic yeah, because they, they're just, they don't know. They're yeah, not, they don't realize that there ha- are other hauntings. Yeah, they don't know the information that's out there. So they just assume, oh, there's a ghost in this house. It's a demon. Yeah. Well, and fear, that's, fear of the unknown. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a lot of religion too. I mean, because especially in like the, the Christian religion, you die and you go to heaven. So there was no room for there to be ghosts. Because if you die and go to heaven, heaven, then your spirit's in heaven. Why would you be here? And so then that means that anything that is here is either demonic or angelic. Yeah. And angels don't mess with us, so it has to be demonic. Well, it's funny though, is because when when Christians talk about angelic, like you have like certain situations where like uh, people uh, obtaining. Um, like being stuck underneath cars and them not seeing anything but the vehicle being lifted up. They call it more so like a guardian angel or anything like that. But they always see kind of like an, uh, not always, but most of the time they, they recall an, uh, a bright light or an angelic feeling there. Um, and then you have the darker side of that with, uh, and this is also coming from account uh, accounts where Christians that have said that they had felt like a dark aura or a dark, not possession, but thing in their home and whatnot. And it's never, it's not always seen, but it does start with mostly uh, things flying off the wall or being moved or stuff like that. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, it's any anyone's call, you know? Yeah. So. I, I mean, I even believe that we go to heaven or to a another realm of existence a different plane yeah that is nothing like ours yeah but i do believe that we can travel back and forth between the planes a little easier because we're just energy at that point yeah i mean it's just transference of energy now i do think that there are some people who die and get stuck here for one reason or another and those i think are what are hauntings are like ghosts like i believe that all ghosts are spirits but not all spirits are ghosts yeah. if that makes sense your great grandmother might visit you with a smell or you know a dream or something like that but that doesn't mean that she's stuck here and she can't it's, she hasn't passed over a certain song plays on the radio yeah. or a, a certain smell you comes out that just reminds you of that person that's Someone who's to me is some way someone who's past trying to just give you know tell you that they're still they can yeah. still see you they're still with you yeah um, I had that it's probably been a year or two years ago now 
uh, at work was driving down Art to Ardmore, which is you know a couple hours south of us. <clears throat> and I get past just past the exit where we used to go to our, da- our dad's house, and all of a sudden, a huge whiff of cool water cologne, which was my dad's like most common cologne he wore. Um, and I was listening to like a rock station. All of a sudden, I was playing a country song, and it was about the same which like I said it was just after the exit he would take to get to his house off the highway mm-hmm. and it was there for about the length of the song the smell it smelled like stale cigarettes and cool water yep. cologne that's, which that's is exactly smell. what my dad smelled like and then it was playing a country song and then as soon as it ended the smell went away and didn't feel anything smelling or feel anything else after that mm-hmm. and that was just one of those I felt it was him going okay hey I'm here and then he plays songs for me on the radio all the time and Kylie too, and that would be a form of intelligent haunting. Yeah. That, um, and lights. He likes to play with lights too. Yeah, uh, he does that more with our sister, I think, than for with us. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's some. So that's where I don't feel like there are negative spirit. There are negative. No, that's why I don't think that there are demons. I think there are just negative spirits that have either been around long enough that they know how to coerce the negative energy out of us to feed themselves. Um, but think think about it this way: if if a just for for all instinct purposes, say somebody dies three thousand years ago, okay, and that person isn't able to leave this plane. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they slowly become bitter and angry and bitter and angry. That spirit turns to the dark side. Well, I mean, technically, I mean, <laughs> yeah. th- that's kind of what I'm saying is like that spirit can slowly turn into a Sith Lord. Welcome to the dark side. Okay, but that spirit can. I am Darth Gladius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Darth Glabius. Glabius. Maximus. Maximus. Aurelius. <laughs> Aurelius. And I'm here for your energy. No, but like <laughs> what I'm trying to say, though, is that over 3,000 years, a spirit that originates as a non-angry spirit can slowly develop into an angry spirit. Yes. And then at that point, could that angry spirit start malevolent haunting? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All so, you have to have is so just an he, angry attitude so at any point and... You just you have to be a dipshit at some point in time while you're a ghost, and then you... That's that's kind of yeah. what I'm saying. So you can actually have a, a regular spirit become something into... Mm-hmm. Well, think of it uh, like on this plane. We have normal, everyday people. And we have like, assholes. And then we have complete jerks. And we have serial killers. And we have child molesters. And we have all kinds of just evil humans that walk the earth plane. Well, when those people die... If they're still on this plane, they're going to be an evil spirit. Yeah. Unless they have enlightened them. like Unless they get enlightened at some point. And I think that's what moves you on. I think that's what reason some spirits are stuck in this plane is they have to do something or teach somebody or show somebody in the living plane like what they did wrong in order for the spirit to become enlightened. Well, they and have, yeah, they have to become enlightened to move on. If it's on. one of those, you know, they were never with their family, you know, it was, you know, say some guy was always out having an affair, had a wife and kids at home and just left them all the time and died. Well, maybe what he's supposed to do until he learns is 
he has to be with his family and he's having to show them the love and stuff that he never showed them in the living life in order for him to become for him to realize well this is why I'm here because I messed up when I was alive. That sounds a lot like a movie. I'm pretty sure it is a movie, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so. definitely like that same situation where you have to. I think that's where they get the idea for some of these movies. Have to ascend basically to move on past the plane of existence that we're they're stuck in. Um. So yeah, that's that. That is my take on demonic possessions and demonic entities and things like that. I don't think that they are. So I think we pretty much just covered everything from demonic haunting. So all right, so we can move on. <laughs> Um, so we talked about it pretty much with the. So, but opposite of the intelligent haunting would be the residual haunting, and <laughs> you want to take residual. Now, residual hauntings can actually kind of seem one of the cooler hauntings to me. It just kind of seems like if you think of like a broken record player just playing the same thing over and over and over, and what this is is the energy of a person when they pass, that energy is stuck in that situation. So a lot of times with the residual hauntings, you will see, you know, that spirit that's sitting there in their rocking chair in their, you know, World War One outfit, kind of just rocking back and forth, and then they'll get up and walk off and, like, walk to the kitchen. And sometimes the door's not there anymore. They just walk through the wall and disappear. But it just happens over and over, and they're always doing the same thing. Same you, time. Same time. You can't communicate with them. They don't, like, they're... It's like watching a TV show. You're just seeing it over and over and over. So, and that they don't realize that you're there. Yeah. yeah. In other words, they're just living that same moment in life over and over and over and over. <laughs> Which, if you're that spirit, it's got to be really freaking annoying. It's Groundhog Day over and over and over. Well, I don't think it's actually so much a spirit. I think it's just the energy it's trapped. Just the there, energy trapped there. Yeah. I think for the residual hauntings, I think there has to be a good enough positive or a good enough negative energy for it to be trapped there. Like I think there's both positive residual ha- or yeah, positive residual hauntings and negative residual hauntings. Positive ones would be more like the you see the person walk up to the window and stare out the window and then turn around and walk back or get out of their chair and you know, go to the kitchen and stuff like that. But then I think you have the negative ones, which would be <clears throat> kind of like the highway uh, spirits you see, like the little the girl, hitchhikers. The, the hitchhikers, the girl, like the scared-looking girl on the side of the highway, and then you stop and there's no one there. I think that's a negative one. If something bad happened to that person in their living life, that that negative energy of that moment is still there, and that's why you see them. Because most highway hitchhiking spirits you see don't make a whole lot of movement. They don't do anything different. They always seem to do the same thing. Yeah. And I think they're the form of residual haunting that is just from the negative energy of a bad situation. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of Blackwell, Oklahoma? Yes. You ever been there? Never been there. There's a bridge in Blackwell, Oklahoma, and it's a bridge that's no longer used anymore. But there have been claims over the last 50 years of a woman in a white dress walking just in this general area from pier to pier and no one knows why or how she, or not how but why she does this but every time she's approached it's almost like she vanishes out of thin air like you're talking to her you turn around and she's gone every time hmm. uh, but people think that it, it was a situation that happened on that bridge that just continuously happens every other day or so but it's it's always at night 
you always at night. Interesting. Yeah. That's what I think. Like I said, I think it's just the negative energy, like those hitchhikers. I figure at some point, if it was, you know, a young lady who was a hitchhiking, something bad happened to her, and that's the energy that was left. Um, I never really thought about that till I was doing the research for this episode. I always thought they might have been on some kind of form of intelligent haunting, but the more I did research and saw videos and stuff for people talking about it, every experience seemed to be the same. They walked out, they were walking along the side of the road and they pass one and they see it kind of like walk into the road and when they stop and look back, it's gone. Yeah. So, uh. Now, there is something that I've encountered and Dave has witnessed it as well. And I want I put this out to anybody who's from Norman, Oklahoma. There's a stretch of road that goes from Lindsay and that curves around and turns into 36 and it's that curve right there. there actually, it's kind of a couple, couple curves. It's got a white mm-hmm. fence around it. And forest on either side. Yeah, for, you know. like forested area on either side. It's right there. It's right along the river. Right yeah. along the river, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Around dusk, every time I drive down that bit of road, not every time, because it's not every time. I, I haven't figured out the pattern to it. But occasionally while I'm driving down that road, I will see a bicyclist riding along the edge of the road. And I it always catches me for a second. I see him. Or her, I can't, yeah, I never make out what it is. And then I go to focus on it to see, you know, you know, judge where they are and all that stuff. And there's nothing there. And it happened to me over and over and over again. And I was, I thought I was going crazy. Dave was in the car with me one day. And he's like, did you just, I swear I just saw somebody on a bicycle. I was like, thank you. I said, I do that every time I come down here. There's like somebody on a bicycle. I need to check public record to see if anybody was ever hit on a bicycle on that road yeah but i see this all the time and i always and it, it just a b- brief second you see him but it's long enough to register that there's a bicycle but never enough to actually focus on it and see anything about them <coughs> and i've thought well maybe it's headlights from another car like some reflection but i see it when there's other cars on the road and i've seen it when it's just me or it could even be the ghost of somebody on a horse, and we just assume it's a bicycle because of our modern society. Yeah. No, I'm sitting here, and I'm actually thinking of, you know, earlier we were saying that, oh, somebody who's a negative person in life will become a negative entity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reverse, you know, somebody who's positive in life becomes a positive entity. Well, these residual hauntings, maybe they're just the... Very mundane people. Very well could be. That just go through the motions of life until they die. They're not spiritual. They're not goal setters. They just are drudging on. And then maybe their spirits just go on and do the same thing. Yeah. That's actually really interesting. Yeah, somebody who just every day you get up, you... You got every day. You got up. You walked in, got your coffee, turned around, walked out of the door, and went to work. And that's just what replays over and over again. That really sucks mm-hmm. for me because that's exactly who I am. I <laughs> get up, I go to work, <laughs> go home, play video games, go to sleep, get up, go to work. Oh, God damn it! I got Chad over there looking at bicyclists that were hit on thirty six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, I'm in store for a really, really boring afterlife. <laughs> Fuck. It's going to match my real life. <laughs> so for Saturdays, it's going to have fun having a podcast about the living world. 
you know, in and welcome to normal <laughs> normalcy, <laughs> to unearthing normalcy, <laughs> living sea. Uh-huh. You know, in like six, unearthing the living. 60, 70 <laughs> years, somebody's going to be sitting in this living or this kitchen, and all of a sudden they're just going to see four people sitting around their table <laughs> talking into phantom microphones. And Chad's going to be like, What you staring at, boy? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on in my kitchen table? What are you staring at? <laughs> it looks like a podcast, and they have a special person with them. <laughs> me? They'd be pointing at me. Okay, all right, that's fine. <laughs> Couldn't find anything about a cyclist. What about What's a that? horseman? <laughs> no, okay. I had those horsemen. That was a. Ro- it was a road for a long time <laughs> before it was ever connected to really anything. Yeah. Yeah, because those houses have been down there for. Well, there's there's a while. so many things. I swear, there's so many things that have happened in that area that we don't know about. This you go through that you get an eerie feeling no matter when you drive down the road. I mean, it's just because it's. It is the low. Sides. Well, it's also the lowland, so it's a cooler temperature than the rest of Norman. That is, yeah, yeah, true. But I don't know. I always get an eerie feeling when I drive down there. So yeah, there's there's also I forgot. It's around Norman, and it's either in Newcastle or it's in um, Lexington. But there's, and you guys might know about this. There's a story about the the woman who threw her kids into the river and then killed herself. And uh, and it's it's south of Norman. I know that for a fact because one of my friends at work r- was talking about maybe you should you know cover this on your podcast about hauntings and whatnot. And this particular place, uh, and it, I don't I don't know a lot about it because I didn't do a lot of research on it. I just listened to personal experiences from this person because she actually went and saw it, and she was saying that you could actually vividly hear children laughing and then crying, and then when she was walking away. Uh, she thought that she saw something out of her corner of her eye walk off, like off the bridge, just completely like not really float, but she could see something move up and then off the bridge. So hmm. there's every town has a crybaby bridge. A lot of times, crybaby bridges, the sound is actually bullfrogs. And if you've never heard bullfrogs, bullfrogs make kind of that kind of sound, which kind of sounds like a crying baby. Now, the giggling, I don't can't think of an animal that giggles. I mean, a tree frog can. Well, that's more of a chirpy sound. What about a raccoon? Yeah. Yeah. Squirrels, <laughs> any any kind of small mammal. Yeah. Kind of has that can make that. I've only ever heard squirrels bark. Never heard a barking squirrel. Oh, we had a squirrel trapped in our gutter at the shop, and uh, we were trying to get it out, and it kept barking at us. <laughs> But like our some one of it was an old squirrel. Get the fuck off! <laughs> get off my lawn! The squirrel was an asshole trying to get my nuts. But I mean, again, he was stuck in the gutter. Being, get off you know, my nuts! The trucks pull in and they pull in too far. Well, yeah. they pinched the gutter shut. So the gutter was pinched shut, and it uh, came down from the they came down from the roof and was stuck right there. It was pinched, and so uh, Cole and I were sitting there trying to pry it apart enough so that he could we could get the squirrel out. <laughs> he wouldn't get a hammer. <laughs> That's so fucked up, though. What that was is you'd done enough brain damage to the squirrel, thought it was a dog, and started barking. Yeah. I bet when he was banging on that pipe, it was echoing and made him go deaf. <laughs> and he's like, what? I can't hear anything. But we eventually, huh? we got the squirrel out. 
The squirrel came down, looked at us, then it took off running. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> I think thanks, but I can't hear you if you're saying anything. We also had a, a tailless squirrel that hung out around there at the same yeah. time. I had a tailless squirrel. He was like, <laughs> poor thing was so overweight. Like he was probably, <laughs> he was like probably a, a five pound squirrel. <laughs> No tail. As my dad would say, that's good eating. <laughs> All right, we get off topic. So it could very well on those crybaby bridges be explained by... A residual haunting. Residual haunting and or animals. Animal life. So there are a lot of residual hauntings that have like on the major scale. There's like... Uh, you have like the... Batal- or like the... Inf- the troops, infantry troops and stuff that people see marching through the fields of like the Civil War, or the Revolutionary yeah. War. In West Virginia. You know, that's just resident uh, re- residual haunting of the energy of yeah. the war. Um, that would be, honestly, that would be one I would really like to see. I'd like to Those, go see Gettysburg just, yeah. just for that specific reason. Oh, man. I could, I mean, I really could care less about the Civil War. But yeah, the energy that it created. Civil War, the Revolution, like all those places would just, I think, would be really interesting to be able to see residual haunting on that high of a level. Because mm-hmm. I just think of how much energy it would take for them to be able to manifest themselves in, on their march and stuff. I think yeah. it'd just be incredible. When I was stationed at Fort Riley, when we would go out in the field, I would see a lot of a lot of flashes of things like that. Yeah. Just, you know, like stuff out of the corner of your eye or you spot some. First, it's kind of like with that bicycle is you spot it for a second and then you're like, where'd it go? You know? Yeah. And then, I mean, that was the area where uh, uh, like custard was there and, um, you know, all the things. There's a lot of uh, like Calvary type wars there. Yeah. Yeah. Right there kind of at the base of the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. something that often gets confused with intelligent hauntings would be poltergeist activity. Now, wouldn't that be considered an intelligent haunting? It depends on if it's actually interacting with you or if it's just doing... I guess it is kind of an intelligent haunting. Never mind. So I guess it's actually just a level... something. So something that's a level of intelligent haunting, besides demonic hauntings, would be poltergeist. Poltergeist is German... For noisy spirit or noisy ghost. I've got some on poltergeist. Poltergeist or nosy ghost have commonly been blamed for any violent or destructive activity in a haunting. In the past, researchers believed that all such activity at a haunted location was the work of the spirits or an outside force. First. First? (laughs) Outside (laughs) force. Outside first. (laughs) But today, most investigators don't think so. While interactive spirits may be the culprit in some cases, many of the cases have a force behind them that is much closer to home. In a poltergeist case, there can be a variety of phenomena taking place. There are reports of knocking and tapping noises, sounds with no visible cause, disturbance of a stationary object like in household items or furniture, door slamming, lights turning on and off, fires breaking out, and much, much more. While in some cases... This activity can be connected to ghosts. In most cases, it probably isn't. It certainly remains paranormal, though, and because of this, it is also unexplained and very controversial. The current theory behind this poltergeist-like phenomena is that the activity is caused by a person in the household known as the human agent. 
The agent is usually an adolescent or teenage female. It is believed that she is unconsciously manipulating physical objects in the house by psychokinesis, the power to move things by energy generated by in the brain. This kinetic type of energy remains unexplained, even by some mainstream scientists that are starting to explore the idea that the idea that this exists. It is unknown why this energy seems to appear in females around the age of puberty, but documentation of its existence is starting to appear as more and more case studies have been public, become public. It seems that when the activities begin to manifest, this girl is usually in the midst of some emotional or sexual turmoil. Presence <laughs> of energy is almost always an unconscious one, and it is rare when the agents actually realize that they are the source of the destruction around them. They do not realize that they are the reason the objects in the home become displaced and are usually of the impression that a ghost or some supernatural entity is present instead. The burst of PK, or psychic, psychokinesis, come and go, and most poltergeist-like cases will peak early and then slowly fade away. It should be noted that in most cases such, cases such as this manifest around young women, it is possibly possible for puberty-aged boys, or even older adults, to show the same unknowing abilities. As, as with the young women, the vast majority will all ha have no idea that they are causing the activity and will be surprised to find that there is even a possibility that strange things are happening because of them. See, I've heard that a lot. And I've also heard that pregnant women, postpartum women, and um, menopausal women, these events happen around them as well. So anytime there's massive hormonal changes. Um, and it doesn't, my thing is I always, I've heard something like this, but I never heard it was psychokinesis. Mm -hmm. I always thought it was, that it was some kind of spirits were drawn to women at this age or with these things going on in their lives. Yeah. That it's actually them doing, that the spirits doing it, but they're drawn in by the, the agent. And that yeah. very well could be what it is. I mean, uh, what I find the most fascinating about poltergeist is they keep up with like technology and modern advancement. Yes. I mean, I've, I've, I've read cases where like the poltergeist was like sending text messages to people and stuff. Yeah. Like sending text messages, messages through their own phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then or, again, or interacting with their television and things, and I would believe less poltergeist when it came to getting text messages. Like if I started getting text messages from somebody who said it was a poltergeist, I would automatically assume somebody's hacked my phone and well, I mean, is it, doing something. It like was that. also along with other phenomena. Yeah. It wasn't just you're getting text messages. It was also there. They were getting text messages, and other poltergeist activity was happening around their home. Uh -huh. yeah. it, it was it was part of the haunting, not the entire haunting. Yeah. So this is this is from Taps, but it says usually revolves around a preteen female, sometimes really with really with male, commonly around a high limestone deposit, deposit location. The female the female body produces a great amount of energy during puberty. This being the main reason this activity is mostly associated with female children. Sorry. Puberty sucks as a girl. Mm-hmm. I was thinking you were saying that other, you know, but metapausal and stuff like that. Yeah, anytime there's and a major hormonal change. Not even going with spirit, if you go looking at the psychokinesis part of it, is during those parts in a woman's life, their brain is going through so much. What could say it isn't that your brain's finally activating 
more than 10% of itself and causing these things to happen. It very well could be. Well, Because the brain is one of the least known organs and parts of the body. We know we don't use all of it. There so. is some weird shit that happens during pregnancy. <laughs> and most <clears throat> of it is brain drain. You know, you you know, pregnancy brain is a real thing. And that's where you just you just bleh, you zombie out and you forget things and you're always tired and you do random stuff. That's when, you know, you accidentally leave your keys in the freezer, things like that. Or and you throw <laughs> things across the room with your lady brain. Yeah. <laughs> What's to say you're not just causing random things to happen in your house yeah. and you don't even realize it. And it yeah. could even be uh, to the point that it's not even psychic kinesis. It's just you forgetting. It's just forgetting that you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I still suffer from this and it's been two years since I was <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> you're like, funny, I don't remember breaking all these plates. <laughs> Dave's in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you throw it at me? <laughs> Sorry. Why'd you throw it at me? <laughs> See, I told you it just happened. Just <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but poltergeist activity has also been recreated in the lab. Right? Mm-hmm. All paranormal activity has been recreated oh. in a lab. Oh, it's because every lab is haunted by a poltergeist <laughs> in their goals. <laughs> well, I just know, I watched a documentary with Dave about... Scientists recreating poltergeist poltergeist activity. Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> that's who you, farted. That's that wasn't me. It was none of us. That oh, was a poltergeist. That's what happens when Josie, when Josie eats, eats too Taco much Bell. positive energy. <laughs> when we're too happy, she gets poltergeist. <laughs> I mean, we cried tears of joy here. She must be fooling. God damn it. That's why we've been thinking it's the dogs. Come on, ghost. We've been thinking it's the dogs at home, but no, it's really just uh, Josie. Just well, always sitting right next to each other, and all of a sudden, God damn it! <laughs> Josie's just enjoying that positive energy a little too much. Did you guys start laughing and giggling like schoolgirls? <laughs> she gets to feed. No, we're mostly like, uh, uh, you see that play? Yeah, I do too. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What point were you trying to make? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> they were uh, trying to recreate poltergeist oh, okay, activity. Okay, yes. In the podcast, they were actually recreating poltergeist activity. I think they even made a bowling ball float. Yeah, they using, made it like float and then flip around in the air a bunch. Yeah, using like electromagnetic fields and things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was interesting. Electromagnetic fields are very powerful. Oh, yeah. And some people are more sensitive to to them than others. Uh, That's another thing that can cause hauntings. And not always are those hauntings that are caused real. But it's people who are really sensitive sensitive to the electromagnetic field will feel somebody watching them. Um, May even hear voices or have hallucinations. So that's that's one of the reasons why uh, if you call out a paranormal investigator, they're going to have an electrical, electrical, no. EMF detector? Yeah, an EMF detector, electromagnetic field detector, to test the levels. Because that can debunk some paranormal activity. But it also can be the source of the energy for 
the paranormal activity. So it's kind of a catch-22 in that situation. A ghost could use that energy to feed off of to manifest, or it could just be causing you to hallucinate that there's a ghost there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or it could be both. Yeah. Do you remember when we were doing that that cleansing and and I was checking out the house because it was an older house and I was checking out the wiring and stuff and the the people said that oh there's somebody asleep in that room back there but don't worry about it just go in there and do whatever you got to do yeah and as I was walking by them like around where their head was was giving off a high electromagnetic field yeah and then it just all of a sudden just stopped. So so it's like almost like their brain was Creating. leaking this stuff out while they were sleeping or 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 getting aggravated that we woke them up and they're, they're I mean I don't know I don't know what it was I, I want I do want that's actually an interesting idea though or a thing though because like I wonder if that's just everybody who does that though you know what I mean like maybe yeah. I've never really looked at a lot of like sleep study stuff but well, and see, that's one of, like, they, not the ghost boxes, because the ghost boxes are the the radios that flip through, but, like, the the ones that say words. White, no, white noise detectors? No, they're, I know ghost adventurers uses them a ton, but they say words. Oh, like, I know what you're talking they about. They pick up the field around, and then they say words. Well... I, I, I feel like <laughs> he's like that's far. <laughs> I that's how I feel about it. I feel like what what's to say that you're not thinking of it and you're not putting the energy out there that it's reading your thoughts. Yeah, it's it's a computer program. Yeah. So the computer program is just saying when you sense this frequency, say this word. I mean, there's nothing really more to it than there's that. nothing spiritual about yeah. it. It's no different than. Than using like an EMF detector, but instead of the line going to yellow, you know, it, it says, says poppycock. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then when it goes to red, it's like holy shit balls. You know, <laughs> I it's, totally. It's just a it's just a computer program. I want to take our key K two and I want to hook it up to something and I want it to say cocky balls. You'd have to write a computer and program and then <laughs> holy I mean, shit balls. I mean, it's it's all programming. <laughs> Omg, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. We gotta get our, our look at her butt. We'll make a modern K two reader. O M G, L O L. Are you just gonna spirit box? T T F N. L M F A O. Party rock. Oh, telling you guys about the Ouija board that I found that was for millennials, and it was all was it an app? It had like emojis on it, and then it was like L O L, and then like. TTFN and like all this stuff that ghost face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh my god, Becky! It went directly to the ghost face. There's a ghost here. <laughs> talk to it, Becky. No, Cassandra. Talk to it, Becky. It's giving me the eggplant emoji. Oh my god, he wants dick. Wait, we don't have dicks. <laughs> Let's give him tit pics. <laughs> I'm still at my favorite exclamation point. <laughs> My favorite Ouija board I've seen out lately is the Waluigi board. And the only letters on it are Wah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what he says. E, 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 W. Ew. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to move on to our next type of haunting. 
And I think Dave has some information on these. We've got the shadow people. Ah, yes. He was confused. He's like, do I? (laughs) The shadow people, also known as shadow men, shadow folk, or shadow beings. They can't be shadow women. How about shadow children? How fucking sexist is that? Shadow women? No, no children. Interestingly enough. It's because there's no shadow women. So, <laughs> yeah, you got to have shadow women to have shadow children. <laughs> so, so shadow people got brought to light in 2001 on an episode of Coast to Coast. Following a massive number of people submitting drawings of shadow persons that looked very similar, Heidi Hollis published her first book on the subject. Hollis describes shadow people as dark silhouettes with human shapes and profiles that flicker in and out of peripheral vision and claims that people have reported the figures attempting to jump on their chest and choke them. Yes, Daddy. I call that a good oh, night. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say I, I saw what you did there when the shadow people were brought to light. Ah. I almost went. They disappeared. <laughs> but <laughs> Blinded by the light. So appearing as darker than darkness, solid male figures, sometimes wearing coats and hats, usually described as six and a half feet in height. Void of facial features with the exception of glowing red eyes and a few encounters. They completely block light and objects from view. And rather than having a 2D appearance as a normal shadow would, these entities appear as a distorted 3D form. I'm still hung up on the fact that they're all damper and like, they're dapper in there. Damper? Damper. <laughs> they're all they're wet. <laughs> they're all dapper. Oh my God, and they're wet. They're moist. <laughs> they're coats and hats. They're dripping. They dress some, nicer some than some most people. Uh, yeah, I'm like, hmm. Yes, yeah, some of them wear coats and hats. See, if there were shadow women, there would be shadow children because, well, actually, wait a second. Did we find the real men in black? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> one, one more thing to add. They need to get introduced to the astral hobos so at least someone can teach them how to dress. Just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> now, while their appearance may be a form they deliberately use, it could also be speculated this is the only way they can manifest themselves in the physical realm. These figures are seen staring at people in bed from the corner of the room or they seem to pay no attention to people present. So they're either staring at you, or they're not. Yeah. Or they don't even know you're there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, on occasion, these dark forms appear in the periphery vision of witnesses or in full view. So you either see them out of the corner of your eye, or you see them dead on. Yes. So like everything else. Yes. <laughs> okay. There have also been reports where shadow people were only captured in photographs. When noticed and observed, they disappear suddenly or melt through walls and ceilings. They move about, act with intelligence, and appear and disappear suddenly. Their movement is often described as being very quick and disjointed. Very rarely, some act aggressively towards people, causing paralyzing, choking, or suffocating sensations, but most do not behave in a threatening manner. Shadow people rarely communicate, and they seem very interested in observing human beings. Many people who experience this phenomena report feeling trickery, 
fearfulness, menacing, threatening, and dreadful sensations. Very few experiencers feel paralyzed, suffocated, or choked. Now, some theories that are common surrounding the shadow folk is that they may show up as bedroom visitors because the nature of human sleeping or dreaming consciousness enables an entry for them. So, like Freddy Krueger. Well, kind of like what he was talking about with the EMF detector going off by the person's sleeping head. Maybe your brain's putting off a certain energy uh, frequency that they're able to use. Or it's also that school of thought that when we're dreaming, we're actually in the astral plane. Yeah. Okay, you guys make more sense. I was just trying to pull in the, you know, pop culture. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Where was I? It's possible. Now, shadow people are sometimes associated with turbulent emotions. For example, many people who have had significant shadow people experiences can link them to states of emotional upheaval, such as anger, sadness, loneliness, and so forth. Some even speculate that shadow people may be the extra-dimensional inhabitants of another universe. So they kind of sound like an alien. So as I say, they sound like the men in black. Yeah. Maybe that's their true form. And then when they have to come out and actually inter- talk to people, they have their fake human skin on. And it's like, um, was it Blank Man or Dark Man, who had to? He was like invisible, but he had to wrap the white bandages around. The invisible, man. invisible Man. No, but I'm thinking of something different. No, Hollow Man. No. Well, say invisible. The Invisible Man wrapped himself in like like a mummy, yeah, with his sunglasses on. Oh, okay. <clears throat> then yeah, I think I'm thinking of the same thing, just of a different name. So I think in Hollow Man the movie, he had to do that. Yeah. He uses like bandage, like yeah, like bandages to wrap around his face so you, people could see him. Yeah. So it makes sense if you were a solid black thing, you'd have to paint your skin white and put on lipstick like the men yeah. in black yeah. do. There's some food for thought. Did we just solve the mystery of the men in black? I don't want to see them, though. I'd much rather see the men in black we thought (laughs) before. They could also be um, creatures in an alternate reality whose dimension occasionally overlaps with ours. I actually thought about that with most spirits, actually. All honesty. Like the guy that was sitting at the foot of our bed. For some reason, that's popped in my head with him. That he was really just... Somebody who was getting up at three o'clock in the morning in a different world was sitting there for the bed. And you moved and it startled him. Yeah. <laughs> now, I remember you saying that you could see right through him, though. Yeah. And most people, they, they talk about these shadow people as being like a solid, uh, yeah, an yeah. opaque. Like an surface. actual person being there, just all black. Blacker than black, darker than dark. What about. Them being a manifest thought form created by negative psychic energy and just related to a place or event in which extreme emotional or physical stress and trauma has taken place. So a tulpa? I was thinking, could they just be the, a tulpa that your, un, your unconscious is made, but when you're sleeping and you kind of get that wake up a little bit where you're still in between consciousness that you're seeing it and you're actually seeing the tulpa you've created? Well, and there's a lot of people who suffer from sleep paralysis that see shadow people. Oh, oh, we'll we'll get to the science stuff. Oh, Right now, we're talking about all the 
ooky sorry, stuff. I, I have, uh, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I think that's it for, I can't think of any more paranormal reasons. For What's the scientific version or answers? Um, so then there's pareidolia, which is when the brain incorrectly interprets random patterns of light and shadow into something familiar. We do this by like looking at shapes in the clouds and things. Like a Warsock or what was it? What are they called? Warsock. Yeah. yeah. Warsock. Yeah. The ink blot test ink blot, and yeah. stuff. Well, and I mean, that's matrixing. That's when you take a picture of some smoke and you see a face in it. Yeah. Well, no, that's just your brain making. I say, I know my brain does it a lot at night when I see something like I have my like jerseys of my football jerseys and stuff of people I like hanging up in my closet. And one day I had one that had been turned sideways a little bit. So I wake up and I see it. And it looks like there's someone standing in my closet and it's just my jersey. But my mind automatically went, oh, there's someone in my closet. I have a clothing rack in our son's bedroom right now. And I, I set myself up for failure, but I hung his coat on it. And I walked into his bedroom the other night to check on him. And I see this coat hanging right there. And it's at like... It's actually a little taller than I am, so it looked like for a second there was a man standing there in the bed. Scared the pants <laughs> off of me. I was like, ah! Oh, it, it scared our daughter last night, too. <laughs> <laughs> she made me go in there and poke it. <laughs> <laughs> now, hypnagogia is a physiological condition in which a person is halfway between sleeping and awaking. And during this state, you're aware of your environment but you're still receiving images from your subconscious. And this is, differs from sleep paralysis in that everybody can experience this. I actually have a, a moment of that that I remember very vividly. And this was when I was like ah, 13 or 14. And I was asleep and I was dreaming that I was being chased. And I got chased into the house. And about the time that the door would have been kicked in, our cat knocked off something from the counter or something, made it a loud booming sound, played right into the dream. Scared. Uh, I was so scared. See, I have those situations where I'll hear something at the gas station behind my house, and it just feeds into my dream to where like, I thought I felt like I heard someone talking out by the gas station. And in my dream, I was already having dreams of like someone hopping my fence. And so it just fed into it that someone hopped my fence. It was running around my backyard. And all it was was because I heard someone talk yeah. in the real world. And it just fed into my dream of everything. But the shadow people thing, it's feeding into the story about... I said I, I heard my door open and then looked over and saw a black figure staring, like leaning over, staring at me. And it's kind of sounded like it could be this. It could just... I heard my door open due to the fact my door doesn't latch very well. Yeah. And then because of this hypnagogia thing, that my brain was showing an image of someone walking in and leaning over me. Oh, but yeah. It yeah. really wasn't. It was just the sound of the door opening and me waking up, but then my subconscious putting in the image of someone there. Or what about your alarm clock? My alarm clock often... I don't have an, oh. You have dreams that you have alarm clocks going off? No, my alarm clock will move into my dream, and it'll just be some annoying sound in my dream, and I can't figure out where it's coming from. <laughs> You're like, the fire alarm, we gotta get out of the building. Or there was the one time that I was convinced that, like, I, I was awake. I mean, it, I was in this state where 
I was convinced that every time I would hit snooze on my alarm clock, I was actually physically turning time back five minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, I just had the ones where I hit snooze and I'm turning it off and I'm getting up and getting dressed. I do that too. And then it goes off again and I realize, holy shit, I didn't get up and now I'm late. And no. so I hit snooze again and get up and get dressed and then hit snooze again when I realize <laughs> it's still a dream. No, see, I, I sat there and I think I turned back time five minutes like five or six times. And then <laughs> my alarm clock quit going off and I woke up and I was like, oh, crap, I'm late to work <laughs> because I wasn't turning back time. <laughs> <laughs> wish I could turn back time. Now the next one, electromagnetic fields. They interfere with the functions of our temporal lobe, the part of our brain that's involved in vision, memory, sensory input, language, emotion, and comprehension. That's a very powerful part of the brain. It's, it's where all your perception comes from. <laughs> so, like I was saying with the electromagnetic fields it can cause you to hallucinate so we've got scientific reasons for shadow people we've got spiritual reasons for shadow people so i guess that covers shadow people the next type of haunting is the elementals in the 16th century theophrastus von hohenheim better known as paracelsus described elementals as beings partway between humans and spirits. Made of flesh and blood, they can eat, drink, sleep, and procreate. They live much longer, but don't have immortal souls. They have light-changeable bodies. As such, they are able to be seen or unseen and can walk through objects like humans can walk through air. Now, elementals don't really have a definite form or appearance. If they choose to even show themselves to you, they may choose a form that you will associate readily with the element they represent. A fire elemental may appear as a spark, a face in a candle flame or bonfire, or just a warm spot you suddenly walk through. A water elemental may be a cold spot, an air elemental could be a sudden breeze or tiny whirlwind in the dust. A smell, taste, or an unexplained pebble in your shoe could be evidence of the earth elements at play. Now, Paracelsus divided these into four groups based upon the ancient Greek elements. The gnomes of the earth, the sylphs of the air, salamanders of fire, and the undines or nymphs of the water. These were known as elementals. Each element is known for having certain qualities, natures, moods, magical purposes, and both positive and negative traits. The 19th century occultist, Elphus Levi, named the sovereigns of each group, which we could think of as a ruler. There is Gob of the Gnomes, Peralda of the Sylphs, Daiju of the Salamanders, and Nixa of the Undines. Each were ascribed a kingdom of the compass point. Gnomes the north, salamanders the south, sylphs the east, and undines the west. Elementals appear in the traditions of all cultures around the world. They are known by many names. Paris, jinns, daemons, angels, nagas, 
elves, satyrs, goblins, dwarves, ishi, the many, many Native American nature spirits would be considered elementals also. They have been blessed, feared, seen, banned, and invoked in every age and every region of the earth. In short, they are an intelligent, non-human entity. Most of the hauntings associated with them take place in isolated mountainous, desert, bogs, and forest settings. They rarely occur in cities or within homes, with the exception of there being ceremonial or ritual magic performed in the area. When they do appear, they are reported as a trickster-type entity, one that will hide your keys or move things about the property, and even described as a helpful entity which completes chores or protects the home. Sometimes they're all of these things. Now, according to eyewitnesses, earth elementals are sometimes described as little men two to three feet tall, typically attached to caves, mines, crystals, and rocks. They often scare animals or cause them to behave strangely. Water elementals typically cause unexplained pools of water to appear, and are believed by some to cause people to commit suicide by drowning. Fire elementals are reported as fireballs and self-reflecting orbs of light. They have been known to cause fires. Will-o'-wisps and St. Elmo's fire have been associated with fire elementals. Air elementals throw and break objects. They have been associated with abduction and missing time experiences. The unexplained sounds of bells, music, and drums. They also have been seen as unexplained mists. Elementals are a lower type of nature spirit. They are believed to exist as the life force in all living things. Generally, elementals are looked upon as benevolent creatures that maintain natural harmony. Although elementals are classed as nature spirits, they are thought by some to be the entities of the astral plane. Some elementals are said to be deceitful and hateful towards human beings and enjoy causing accidents and tragedies. Elementals may be confused spirits which are attached to the aura of their victims. Artificially created elementals are commonly called thought forms. They are generally considered non-physical entities existing in the mental or astral plane. They do affect the human aura as thought forms radiate out and attack sympathetic essences. So there are a little bit of all the different types of ghosts and hauntings we've been talking about. They kind of sound like every single one of those things that we've talked about, which is interesting. See, our uh, ghosts are our native American spirit. That we had at our house kind of seems like could have been one. That was what I was thinking when Dave read this to me last night or night before last. That's kind of one of the first things that popped in my head was it sounded like our our Indian ghost very well could have been an elemental. Yeah. Um. I, I, they also kind of sound like a tulpa. If yeah. it's something that's been thought of in every generation and every region forever. Very much sounds like it could be like an egg or an egregore type set set up where <clears throat> enough people believed in it that it became its own entity, and then we just keep giving it power by talking about them and 
having them in movies and games and all that type of stuff too. Yeah. I hate to say this, but you said that fire ne- fire elementals can sometimes be seen in in flames, right? Fires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I hate to, it just, it kind of like, shout out. So, do you guys remember, like if you guys have ever read scriptures or looked at the Bible or anything like that, you can talk about the burning bush mm-hmm. and how it spoke to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Kind of how that that would be tied into that as well. I never even thought about that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking about the orbs and or yeah, everybody who goes and does paranormal stuff takes pictures of orbs. Dusts are not ghosts. Skinwalker <laughs> Ranch. <laughs> I, one I, word. There orbs are one of the things that I very seldom will even look at. Um, like research wise or like, yeah, I don't, I don't take orbs as a sign of a haunting. So when you take a picture and you catch an orb in it, most of the time it's just a speck of dust reflecting light. But so I I don't put a lot of faith in orbs. There are some, however, that I have seen that I'm like, all right, that is interesting. Yeah. And so it sounds like those could very well be the elementals. I've also seen have, there's orbs and then there's rods, and rods tend to be you know well rods they're longer, they zoom across and they're always you know look like sticks flying through the air. Those I would give more credit to than orbs, although I feel like a lot of times rods are just bugs that were caught in flight, just zipping by. Yeah. Yeah. But. That's interesting because, well, there's a lot of light anomalies in the paranormal, whether you're talking ghosts or aliens or cryptids and things like that. But there's a lot of light natural phenomena, too, like the Aurora Borealis. Yeah. You got to imagine the first people who saw that had some kind of a paranormal story about it, you know, like it was the spirits of the people who died in the water or something, you know. Well, there's many of the stars themselves. There's so many legends of different stars, constellations, things like that. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Fire itself. Yeah. The dancing flames. So... I'm wrapping my head around elementals currently, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's kind of interesting, um, especially when you started talking about the examples of like especially with the air, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's been so many times where I've been walking, like I used to walk home from work a lot after working a night shift, and it would be completely and it's really weird in Oklahoma for there not to be a breeze yeah. of any kind, and I would walk. 30, 40 minutes and not feel a breeze. And it would be, you know, 75 degrees outside. And then all of a sudden this cold breeze would fly by. And it would be like, I mean, in your head, if you're not thinking about it, you're just like, golly, that was chilly. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Or like you'll sit there and you'll watch a pile of leaves just randomly swirl up. Yeah. That there's not anywhere there should be like a rotating wind. Sometimes I I like, (laughs) it takes me back to... 
but American Beauty, <laughs> like watching a plastic bag dancing in the wind. That was a hot movie too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. but, but even Pocahontas as well. If you look at Pocahontas and they thought well, even the song of Colors of the Wind or yeah. whatever, you see the the you know the the leaves you know yeah. kind of spiral yeah. off, and it's kind of one of the situations where it's like. They might have not been thinking, oh, we're going to pictate an elemental in this movie and Mm -hmm. kind of shove this into a child's brain. But at the same time, it could be easily, you know, digressed as not digressed. Well, elementals are just in so many days in pop culture, whether it be coming to video games or movies and stuff like that. Like I've put a bunch of like mobile games on my phone or actually, you know, like triple A games on console and stuff. They have elementals and they have them as, you know, a salamander. The salamander is the fire and undines and like actual, you know, those exact names for them and everything, which is just really interesting. You're talking all this stuff and like I used to play a game on my phone called Summoner's War and they're salamanders. Of course, they have one of like they have them for different elements as well, but they have undines and stuff like that. That was just really kind of cool that they're using those names. But those are so out there now that people only look at them as sci-fi because of the culture that they're put into because of movies and video games and yeah. Well, so you said satyrs and like immediately all I'm thinking of is the lion and the witch in the wardrobe and the satyr. Mr. Thomas. Yeah. Mr. Thomas who, you know, prances around. See, I went to Phil from Hercules. (laughs) Danny DeVito. (laughs) So uh, I think of pan. Yeah. 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 Well, Chad and I go to, you know, pop culture and yeah. yeah. (laughs) Minotaur makes me think of Guild Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but a Minotaur makes me think of Greek, the Greek mythology. I was telling them before we started uh, podcasting that I've been replaying Assassin's Creed Odyssey and it has a bunch of Greek mythology and everything, but they have the Minotaurs and stuff like that, and it's kind of cool. Elementals, they're all around yeah. us. They are us. And, Signs. And elemental magic is getting to be a huge thing again. Yeah. It, it comes and goes in waves, you know. Well, we, I mean... We call the elements mm-hmm. during ritual. Yeah. You know. You yeah, call, everybody does. You know, you, you call them in to... Um, even, like, I believe the Catholics do that also. I don't know. When they do their ritual. Catholics do a lot of weird shit. <laughs> I believe they call in the elementals. I mean, they call them, like, saints and angels. But yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what they it's do. It's like St. Michael, the archangel of fire. You Mar- know? The archangel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 I could just be full of it. But I mean, he's a right angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you have Gabriel, which is the left angle. He's more of like a 75%. Uh, I'd call him an obtuse angle. Yeah. 45 degrees. Sorry, we just started doing But I mean, that's, that's a very. And rich I'm watching this balloon on the ground go crazy, and it's been still all night. And then oh. as soon as we start talking about elementals, it's just been like dancing back and <laughs> forth. We had, there was one time when our daughter was little, I was giving her a bath and she had some balloons from left over from her birthday or something. And so they were like partially heliumed, you know, or they're floating about this level. Uh, you guys can't see that, but I'm just, like. <laughs> Amy's holding her hand about. It looks about four, four foot, foot two. <laughs> about four foot two off the ground. Yeah, four so, foot So, you two. know, it's, it's not floating high in the air anymore. It's just kind of bobbing in, in the air. And it comes from our daughter's room down the hallway. I'm watching it. It comes into the bathroom, 
Like it turns around, like around the corner into the bathroom. Bob's into the bathroom, comes over to me, backs back up, goes back out into the hallway, comes down to the living room, then bounces back down the hallway, back into the bathroom, back out into the hallway, and then just kind of sits right there in the middle of the hallway, but where I can see it in the bathroom doorway. <laughs> I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of took that as it was a spirit. Let me know it was there because it was, it's, at first I thought it was just the airflow, but then when it went down the hallway and then back up the hallway. That's when you're like, mm. and then it just sat there. It was like something moved that, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, Dave and I were sitting on the couch one day and there was a ball in the middle of the floor and it was sitting there still. And then all of a sudden it started moving like circle, like pretty big movements on it. Yeah. And then he said, Hey, look at that. And I watched it and then it stopped and then it didn't do it again. It was interesting. So I don't know if we've got strange airflow in our house or if we've got ghosts. Is it still dancing? I can't see it. Yeah. Not as much as it was, but it's still bouncing back. Because you made its presence known. Yeah. Now it can't dance like a little beautiful little butterfly. It had to stress. No, it can't. It just really threw me <laughs> off. It had to it's swirl like, like a I'd been watching girl it and seeing it in the corner of my eye just sit there. And I was like, it's got to be the fan blowing, but just to see how it was moving randomly out of nowhere, I was like, whoa. So those are the types of hauntings that there are. Now, in case anybody was wondering, I'm going to tell you 14 signs that you have a ghost living with you. And this is from Ranker. It goes, boo. Okay, so or it goes, <laughs> Cough, cough. So the first number fourteen here we have, you hear strange noises. So you hear giggling, you hear knocking, cabinets closing, weird creakings. Your pets exhibit odd behavior. Now this is something that's very common, and when we had our boxer, I remember her sitting at the in, in the living room, looking down the hallway, just staring down the hallway. It's like mom, our mom's dog Casey. We'll be sitting there playing. I was playing him with one day, just sitting, and he just stopped playing, and then looked right over my soldier shoulder. Your, your shoulder, my soldier, <laughs> looked right over my shoulder, and just for a good ten minutes, just stared at there and like looked like, like following it with something like it was going back and forth over my shoulder, and it really creeped me out. <laughs> our cat does <laughs> shit like that too. All right, you find furniture and other objects out of place. Does dogs count? Yeah, tell us that story. That's an interesting story. Fuck. <laughs> so we were here doing the podcast, and or was it podcast? No, we were went to dinner. Uh, it was dinner no, we went to dinner with mom. It was dinner at our parents' house, and we were talking about how meaning I think our house is haunted. And when we leave the house, I make sure all the dogs are in the living room because they normally follow us to the door. I make sure they're all there. I make sure all the bedrooms are closed, and the laundry room is closed so they doesn't get the trash cans. Well, we were gone for three and a half hours or so. We get home, and as I'm unlocking the door, I hear the do- I hear Bridget, or the biggest dog, bark. Sounds like she's right next to the door. And I hear Nellie bark, but it sounds like she's farther in the back of the house. So I open the door, and I hear her bark again, and I realize she's in the bedroom. So I start walking to the bedroom, and my bedroom door's closed, but then I hear Nellie barking from the other side of my bedroom. And I'm like, Eli... Did, did we did we did I accidentally lock Nelly in the living room or in my bedroom? And he's like, "No, she was on the couch when we left." And I'm like, "Well, that's what I remember too was her laying on the couch when we left." 
So I open it up and she comes running out like she's been in there all night. But nothing, of course, nothing had been destroyed in my room, which I was happy about. But and so that's some, really weird too, to be honest with you, because <laughs> Nellie's a chewer yeah. and a terror upper. So if she would have been in my room for three hours, something, something would have been destroyed. Like my trash, she hadn't, she hadn't even gotten in my trash can or anything. So it had to have been a short amount of time that she'd been in there. But it, it freaked me and Eli out. And like the first thing that we looked yeah. at each other and looked up at the attic, like, <laughs> is there someone in my attic? Maybe like it's like something tricked Nellie into my room to lock her in there. Because yeah. we we made jokes, we made jokes that night about there some, being somebody in our attic. Yeah. And and when that happened. <laughs> Chad and I both had a smile on our face, but it wasn't a smile of, ha, 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 it was a shit <laughs> smile, okay? And we immediately looked at each other and was like, oh, I mean, I, in my head, I was like, oh, fuck. Well, I we. instantly called you guys. Yeah. yeah. And was telling you the story, because yeah, it like freaked me out for a little bit. And then I kind of like walked around the house, make sure all the doors were locked. Like, did someone come in the house? And Nellie was scaring him, so... See, and what's up, what's weird about Chad's door though is is that a a fart could open his door. <laughs> yeah, my door okay. does not latch well unless I like slam it shut. And and our foundation is so screwed up that like our doors are kind of like it, it it's not centered whatsoever. So whatever put Nelly in that room made sure that that latch was stuck yeah. enough to where that door I would mean, not come I open. have to close the door four or five times when I go to bed to make sure it latches. Now, did you make sure it was latched before you left? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, if it wasn't latched well, maybe she nuzzled it open and then it shut back behind her. So the way my way our house is set is everything leans towards the center of the house. So if my door was, was to open, it would fall back against my door, my wall. It, it doesn't, even though that's the issue we have with the house, my door is the slightest breeze will open it and the gravity will just pull it back closed. Or close or pull it back open, like all the way to the wall. Like I said, a, a fart. <coughs> fart would open his door. <laughs> Most of the time, I have to put like a shoe or something against my door to keep it closed all night because okay. it doesn't stay closed. Um, but yeah, it was just a very interesting thing. And we had just been joking about the house being haunted and everything hours before. All right. So the next, the next thing that you can tell your house is haunted: w- waking up at three a.m. every night. That happens. That's happened to me since I was a kid. And so. I wouldn't even say just 3 a.m. Just waking up at the same time over and over Mine again. Mine is surprisingly almost always like 2.50, between 2.58 and like 3.30. It's always in that like 30 minutes. I will go through periods where I have that, but then I don't last for a long time. It's just a little bit. But that's the witching hour. I think 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. is the witching, er- at witching hour yeah. when it's said that paranormal activity is most active. What time zone? Whatever time zone you're in. Oh. The ghosts are really sometimes, you know, they, they keep their <coughs> clocks synchronized yes. with ours. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're, they're affected by daylight saving times just as we are, you know? Now, what about the theory that when you're dreaming, you're, you're in an astral place and you're zipping all around the world, okay? So you got to think it, everywhere it's 3 a.m. somewhere. And most people are in a deep sleep. So as a lot of this activity you're seeing real super late at night is just everybody around in the area that's sleeping and zipping around through the astral plane. Could very well be. That makes sense. Well, I know the guy that was at the foot of the bed, it was about three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Um, Our dogs tend to go crazy at three o'clock in the morning every night. Yeah. So Ours did that for a long time mm-hmm. in that old house. That old house had a lot of... Weird stuff about Stid. Well, it wasn't that old, actually. Yeah. 
It was built in the 70s, wasn't it? 80s. Well, that's... That's so my That's age. still like 40 <laughs> years old. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we have stuff that happens in this house, but I don't think the stuff that happens in this house is associated with this house. That house, it was. It was associated with that house. The stuff in this house, I think, is us. I think we yeah. we've invited stuff in. But it doesn't mess with us. It's fine to be here. All right, next thing. Uh, you have random bites, scratches, or bruises. And you don't have a cat? Yeah. <laughs> that would make it... That's a, uh, that's <laughs> a huge random. check mark. If you don't have a feline in your house, <laughs> or rough sex, therefore Cause, cause it is I'm, a ghost. I'm telling you, that cat of ours, I swear he scratches me up in the night and I sleep through it. I swear he does, because I always, I always wake up and got scratches and bites and stuff all over me. It's probably him. He's an asshole. <laughs> but I, I sleep through it. So I he don't, usually I don't wakes care. me up when he in does your, it. In your head, you're oh. just like, get off me, cat. <laughs> in my head, head, I'm like, harder. <laughs> <laughs> God, Amy, you're so good. <laughs> Little do you know, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Let's get in. I have random bruises from time yeah, to time, but I'm pretty sure that's from just being clumsy yeah. and <laughs> whacking my shit. I on cut stuff myself at work all the time, and I don't know how many times I probably cut myself at work and not realized it oh, until yeah. the next day <laughs> when it's sore. I'm like, oh man, I got a scratch somehow in the middle of the night. And it's like, no, I probably did that at work, and it's just now hurting. I stabbed myself in the hand with a screwdriver at work, and when I did it, it hurt. But then it didn't. Oh, it's hurt. like a day it, or two later. It was later. fine. Yeah, it was like two days later. All of a sudden, I couldn't make a fist. The palm of my hand hurt so bad, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, why did I do that?" And I'm like, "Oh wait, that was like days ago." <laughs> sounds <laughs> so, sounds like tetanus to me. <laughs> <laughs> I did clean it out with some peroxide, and it got better the next day. But yeah, yeah, random stuff like that. Or I yeah, yesterday, yeah, yesterday was Friday. I was walking out of my office and I was making some gesture at somebody as I was walking out of my office. I don't even know. I think it was. You're throwing up gang signs. Yeah, okay. I was doing. I don't know. I was. Ma- we were goofing off and I made some gesture. And when I did it, I brought my elbow up and whacked the crap out of my elbow on my door. And it's a common enough thing that I'm like, oh, the door jumped out again. Like, <laughs> I am doing stuff like that all the time. Like, oh, that damn wall moved. No, I just I hit it every time I walk past it, and <laughs> I it's have to random to remind yourself that you're you're still alive. You're still alive. I'm you're still, still alive. on this plane. So if I have random bruises, I'm not gonna blame that on ghosts. I'm gonna blame that on maybe an Amy. <laughs> 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 uh, you have increased numbers of nightmares. <sighs> Man, I I could say yeah, maybe I guess I don't have nightmares a whole lot, but I have very vivid dreams. And it always has to do with something around the house. Wait, you still dream? Not very often. Okay. But when I do, it tends to be a very vivid, like like we were talking about earlier, where I hear something outside, because I live in a very, kind of in the middle of downtown Norman, and there's a lot of traffic and a lot of foot traffic and people talking outside, and I can hear it. And a lot of that ties into my dreams, and then I have a vivid dream of someone hopping my fence and running around my backyard, and I can hear the footsteps and stuff like that. So they're not really nightmares, but they are kind of a paranoia yeah. kind of thing. But I, I get I've got those more living in this house than I have anywhere else. But now I've definitely woken up from nightmares and had to check the house. Like it, it affected me to the point that I felt like there was somebody in the house. Yeah. Um, 
But I, to me, nightmares and dreams in general are usually just your brain dealing with stress and everyday no. life. I'm glad you're super independent and you don't wake me up. I only did that one time, and that's when I got, did get up, and the back door was wide open. Yeah. That freaked me out, and I went and woke Dave up for that one. But most of the time, yeah. Grab a bottle of hairspray. I, w- I, was, I, don't know. I was not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sure it's fine. If anybody got in here, we would have known it by now. <laughs> but I, I looked around and I double checked everything. Yeah. But um, that's what I feel like nightmares are. And I don't know if it's because I'm, it's in, I'm, I try to be more in tune with the spiritual worlds and things like that. I can usually tell when a dream is spirit communication versus just a dream. Like it usually stands out to me as, oh, this was important. There's a message in this. So, I don't know. That one, I whatever. Um, now, we were talking earlier about how some entities tear down your psyche by by messing with you at your most vulnerable, like in your in your sleep states and things. So, I think maybe what that's what that number's more about. Probably is getting less sleep. Yeah. All right. The next one is witnessing disturbances in electricity. So lights turning on, turning off. Mm, um, we don't really have that issue at our house. If we do have that issue at our house, it's to the fact that our house is 100 years old. <laughs> <laughs> our house is a piece of shit. We lose power But a we lot. call it our home. Yeah. We, we have our power flicker a lot. But there was one time, do you remember the, we have, our bedroom light is on like remote control. We have a remote mm-hmm. control for our bedroom light. Lucky. This was right after dad passed, like maybe a month or two. After he passed. Yeah. And he had always told our sister and I that if he could come back, he'd come back and let us know. And I was laying, we were laying on the bed and all of a sudden we're laying there and all of a sudden our light turns on and I get up to get the remote, which is usually sitting on my nightstand and it's not there. Like I get up and I look around for it. I get down on my hands and it's like under our bed, like halfway, like, almost out of reach where I can't reach it underneath our bed, like in the middle of underneath our bed. I don't know how the light turned on, but the light turned on. And it did that a couple of times. There were a few times there for like a month or two that the light would just turn on mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. And it would be enough to wake you up because, you know, you're dark pitch yeah. black and then all of a sudden the light's on. And the way that this thing worked is to turn the light on, you just push the button once. If you held the button, it would dim up and down. And it always was just turned on, like one one hit button. It was interesting. And our sister talks about her lights flickering on and off. Yeah. But it's not like the whole house. It's like the living room light will just turn on and off. Um, you see mysterious shadows or movements. I often catch movement out of the corner of my eye. I do too. Most of the time, I just put away as the dogs. Most, yeah, I put away as the kids or the an- one of the animals or Dave. Although there was one time, I thought I saw Dave walking around our corner over there because we've got a little window in our kitchen that looks out into the living room and I was doing dishes and I thought I saw him walk out towards me and I stood there waiting because I was going to tell him something when he walked around the corner and he didn't show up and he didn't show up and he didn't show up so I I thought he was going to scare me like he was trying to scare me (laughs) so I was going to go scare him so I leaned over there to jump out at him there was nobody there (laughs) (laughs) and the tables have ten said the (laughs) elemental and I was like oh Okay. <laughs> I, I don't like jump scares. 
He doesn't. Mm-mm. And he doesn't usually scare me. No. I, I like to do jump scares. I don't like to receive them. I, I would, like I would them. not like to do that to Dave. I would, no, no. Because I'm liable to get my, 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 my face punched, and this is how I make money. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you see me with the crooked ass nose? I can't see me with the crooked ass nose. All I know is me and Amy are a lot alike because I like to scare the shit out of Eli <laughs> and anyone at my house. <laughs> my friend Joe is very very jumpy, and I get him a it's lot. It's gotten so bad that Joe will literally push the door all the way open to make sure Chad's not behind the front door, and I, then I, he can he, open the door and see me, and he still pushes it. And yeah. then like as he goes to close it, he's like looking behind him, like someone's yeah. there. I know it. Yeah, or lo- like he'll walk slowly around because like we have a kind of like a separator that leads into the living room, and he'll like creep up slowly behind the edge of that wall and be like, like <laughs> peek behind it, because Chad is notorious for just trying to scare the living shit out of everybody. I do it to our daughter a lot. And there was one time she was trying; she does it to me too. Like we, it's like a back and forth we have. Sure. She, she was trying to scare me, and I heard her walking, like I could hear her sneaking up on me. So I thought, I'm going to turn this around. So I, I get down, like I squat down, so I'm like at eye level with her. As she goes to turn the corner and scare me, I jump and say, ah, at her. I didn't realize she had a little wooden sword in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> Our daughter's not scared of shit. Like, she's a tough kid. She just she just took that sword 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 that sword and just swung it, whacked me right across the bridge of the nose, <laughs> full force. I'm laughing. She's feeling so bad. She's crying, and I'm like, "It's okay." I said, "I deserved it." Blood coming down her face, dripping on the floor. Kylie's going, "I did this to Bobby," and Amy's like, "It's okay." I'm just I, you know, I'm in that laughing, crying like I, it hurts. But I'm laughing because it's. I totally realized that it was my stupidity that got me in this situation. Step one: always keep cameras out to make sure that your kids don't have anything in, your, in their hands. <laughs> Step two: don't do that so close to their face. <laughs> Never remain eye level. <laughs> Step three: finish. That's pretty much it. Step four: practice blocking. <laughs> Step, Step five: gain some sort of ninja insight with a reflex that just. Or just start at step one and don't bite your kids' wooden <laughs> swords. <laughs> All right. The next thing, temperatures fluctuating wildly. That's just Oklahoma. I would say, <laughs> our house doesn't isn't insulated, I don't think, at all. So the temperatures fluctuate depending on the way the wind blows. Yeah. So My room will be 100 degrees, or it'll be like 12 degrees, and it just fluctuates back and forth. I mean, I'm cold right now where we're sitting, but earlier I was hot. Yeah, same here. Like, yeah. that's just... The next thing is you always see 11-11 on the clock. Uh, no, I don't no. find that to I hardly ever see 11-11. I'm I always s- like 11-11 make a wish, bitch. That's how I am. I see 11-11 all the time, and I always... To me, 11-11, you just... Positive energy. Throw positive energy out there. All right, you feel like someone or something is staring at you. Eli's talked about this. I've <laughs> definitely felt that before. Mm-hmm. In houses that I felt were haunted, in houses that I feel that aren't haunted. But... Definitely. Sometimes you just get those eerie feelings that somebody's watching you. Yeah. But then again, I'm, I'm a people watcher, so. It and then I just realized there's a record button. I see the red light, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there a record button, though? You hear inexplicable voices. I hear inexplicable voices, but I'm pretty sure that's because our walls are paper thin. <laughs> I can hear everything going on at the gas station. 
I'm pretty sure hearing gunshots too, but that's probably very true. Um, oh, I'm still gonna stick with the fact that I heard laughing. You heard giggling. Yeah, yeah. I'm still gonna stick. With that well, we heard the cat meow at the shop, which is when Ghost Kitty was born. Yep. How is Ghost Kitty? Active. Yeah, pretty active. Nice. I threw a key ring at Derek the other day. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he, he's like, I always thought you guys were joking until <laughs> just now. That I mean, he's like, that was sitting on the counter. And then it hit the floor next to me. <laughs> he's like checking his pockets. He's like, did I have one in my pocket? Yeah. Um, you smell a scent, or n- and, but you don't know the source. That's happened many times, especially with dad. I, I definitely yeah. smell dad's scent many times. It's um, very hard to mistake stale cigarettes and cool water cologne. Yeah. I've also had, there was one time I got this whiff of like flowers and I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And the next day I was talking to my cousin and she was talking about how she always smells, I can't remember what flower she said it was when her, she feels like her mom's nearby. Because her mom always, I guess, that, that scent reminded her of her mom. And I was like, huh. As I was thinking about our aunt at that time when I smelt it. So, I don't know. Could have been. But dad is definitely one that I smell him a lot. And so if I'm sitting in my living room, all of a sudden I get the whiff of cool water and still cigarettes. I know it's dad. (laughs) Then the last one, you straight up see a ghost. That would be a good sign that your house is haunted. (laughs) I don't know if I'd believe it. No. Um, you know, when uh-huh. I, the one that I've seen, I didn't believe it. So the only one and I've seen when I was a little child. So I haven't seen, actually seen one that I can like truly believe I've seen. But since why, did, why didn't they cut it off at 13? <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that counts. If you see one, you know you're haunted. If you see haunted. one, you know you're in a haunted house. I mean, Listen, what else do you This need? is the millennial version. So, you straight up see it. You straight up see it. So it makes me wonder if the editor was like, you need to come up with 20. And he's like. He's like, oh man, I'm like just saying, if you just see a ghost, he's like, I'm I'm making up clock times here. <laughs> he's like, I can't even get to twenty. If the clock goes to thirteen oh one, you've seen a ghost. You might be in an alternate reality. <laughs> you might want to check your ID to see your name's not reversed. He's like, I'm using the same one and wording it two different ways. <laughs> no, that's actually, I mean, that's that's a pretty good ranker list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I thought it'd be fun kind of go through it. So if, you have, if you've experienced those things, your house is haunted. If, if you've experienced any hauntings, we would like to hear about them. Yes. You can email us at unpnormalcy at gmail.com. Or you can send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And you can always follow us there at UNP Normalcy. And, and if you'd want us to read it on air, if we do another personal stories, we you know let us know if we can do that. Yeah, it's about time to do another personal story, so start sending them in. We'll get that episode going too. Yeah, and we won't we won't use your name unless you say you can. U- we can use your name. We won't use your name. Um, and and, if, and even if you do, we'll just use first name. Yeah. And if you like what you hear. And you want to help us out, you can always go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash unpnormalcy. We've got some bonus content on there. Uh, some This Month in Paranormalcy that we just posted for February. We were a little bit late on it. Dave's working on March. Uh, we're getting ready to get a website 
web look at our release website working on that one if you would go to wherever you got your podcast and rate and review us that'll help us get out in more ears and get us higher on some of the lists and that would be great because that's our goal is to get people to listen to us and to like us and send us stuff because it's always fun to hear hear from the listeners um yeah, even if you want to drop a line and say, hey, I listen to your podcast. I like you. Send us an email. We like to hear from our listeners. I got a phone call the other day from somebody um, that I know that listens to the podcast that wanted to tell us how, how much they like the podcast. And that was really nice to hear. We like to hear. It keeps us going. Well, and I think that's going to be doing it for this episode. So until next time. Keep digging. <laughs>